Hey, howdy, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of Rudy's Roundup, an all-things Disney podcast. I'm your host, Travis Rude, and I'm broadcasting from, well, my house. I'd rather be in Disney, especially for the upcoming holidays, but as the Rolling Stones said, you can't always get what you want. But it kind of goes hand-in-hand with a huge announcement to me on our Rudy's Roundup Facebook page. So the announcement was one of our top fans from the Rudy's Roundup Facebook page, Jen Stuff, is actually in Disney World right now for the holidays. She's there uh, for quite a bit of time, lucky. And as my wife's best friend, you've heard me talk about her, you've heard my wife talk about her on the podcast as Jen or the Stuffs, but she has graciously accepted my invitation to be an ear on the street, a reporter on the scene. Um, So she has already sent me a few things. They got in last night, stayed at the Dolphin for a night, and then began their stay at Saratoga Springs in the paddock, a refurbed room. She's sent us a video. We FaceTimed already, and she absolutely loves it. So please, as always, pay attention to our Facebook page, Rudy's Roundup. You can see videos that I'll post that she sent us. Also, they will be on Instagram. We're at Rudy's Roundup there. On Twitter, at Rudy's Roundup. And you can email the show at Rudy's Roundup at gmail.com. So today's episode is going to focus on one of the cool things in Disney World uh, on Main Street itself. And this episode is going to be kind of a less in-depth episode. You know, something, a smaller amount of time, just something quick to get you by, maybe as you're driving, uh, as you're walking, exercising, as you're listening, wherever and however you are. So this one will be what my wife so smartly named a mini-sode. So come and join us at Rudy's Roundup, Episode 7, for this mini-sode. So this minisode will deal with, like I said, one of the cooler things, but something you have to look for and look out for. And it's at the Magic Kingdom, my favorite park in all of Disney World. And for those of you that have been multiple times, obviously, I'm sure you guys know this, and I'm sure I'm sure you guys have caught your yourselves looking up and seeing these. But I am referring to nothing other than the Main Street windows. And for those of you that haven't looked at them or have only been once or twice and never really paid attention. The main street windows are something that happens at each Disney park around the world. And these are basically to give a, a shout out to those that have had uh, lasting impacts for the Disney company. And there are three requirements that we'll go over on how you get a window. And it's just a fun thing to look at and to research if you like doing that kind of thing, if you like learning about the history of the Disney company or Disney World or Disneyland or whichever Disney park you love or multiples. What it is is basically, as Walt said, the cast of Disney. And what he meant by that was, just like in a movie, it's important to recognize those that had huge impacts on 
creating said movie or in this case said theme park when you get to it you look at these and you see the names but what's great about it is you see these fictional companies that they're associated with and i think that is one of the coolest things because it's not just a name it really dives into a certain subject or a certain aspect of what that person meant to disney now like i said earlier there are three requirements to get a window on main street or a window wherever main street you're at and whatever park you're at in disney's enterprise and those three requirements are the window can only be granted upon retirement the employee must have had the highest level of service respect or achievement and finally had an agreement between the individual park management and walt disney imagineering walt disney himself has three windows at the magic kingdom and why wouldn't he so you take a look at those three requirements and you understand how important these people must have been to the company themselves. A couple names at Disney World that when you look up and you'll kind of see, of course, we talked about Walt Disney. Then you've got Elias Disney, Roy O. Disney, Roy E. Disney, Mary Blair, uh, Yale Gracie. For those of you that know Gracie Manor, the Haunted Mansion, obviously the tie-in there. So there are other ones as well. And what I'd like to do on this mini-sode is to go over these windows little by little. And we'll check back in on these and kind of give you a story about the impact that these folks had on Disney. And so just to give you a few examples, and then we'll pick one to, to kind of go into. You've got Earl Vilmer, and the window says consultant. Yucatan Engine Works, Boiler and Engine Specialist, Highest Grade Steam Power. What this kind of meant in relation to Disney World is Earl was a transportation superintendent at Walt Disney World. He was instrumental in purchasing the trains that run at the Magic Kingdom. And then he also saw the restoration of them as they came back. So that's where you kind of get into the Yucatan Engine Works Boiler and Engine Specialist. So you can kind of see how that was. And you look at Yucatan, again, Mexico. So you see the tie-in there. And that kind of gives you an example of what the the tie-in is for those people named in the windows and those fictitious companies that they worked for or they ran. So when we look at that, we will look at the company, how it intertwined with Disney World and the creating of it. And we will look at what that person did when it comes to their importance and legacy in Disney World itself. One of my favorite examples is a window that reads the following. M period T period lot L O T T real estate investment subsidiaries. A friend in deeds is a friend indeed. Don Tatum, President, Tomahawk Properties, Latin American Development, I4 Corporation, A-Y-E-F-O-U-R Corporation, Bay Lake Properties, Reedy Creek Ranchlands, Compass East Corporation. And one of the reasons I love this is if you know anything about the story of Disney World and how it became. 
you know that Walt, in order to save funds and maybe save Roy from a ton of stress, he already had it, but a ton more stress, is that they formed shell companies to buy the land in Disney World. So the city wouldn't wouldn't catch on to, hey, this is Walt. Obviously, he has Disneyland over there. That's a huge money maker, so he must have tons of money. We can jack up the prices on this, and he'll have to pay it. So what he did is he formed shell companies to acquire the land. So what I love about it, like I said, in the window, it's M period T period lot. Of course, empty lot. And then I4 Corporation, A-Y-E-F-O-U-R, which is I4, the interstate in Florida that runs right through Disney World. And then Bay Lake Properties. Of course, Bay Lake being the the lake that is very near the Magic Kingdom. So you can see it when you're at Bay Lake Tower, the Contemporary Resort. So if you know your Disney World geography, you know Bay Lake. Don Tatum was, after Roy O. Disney uh, passed away, Don Tatum became the CEO of Disney. And then he was CEO until 1976, and he assumed the role of chairman until 1980. So that one is just, it's funny, and it's a throwback on the historical aspect of the creation of Disney World. And I think that is one of my, if not my favorite window. Then you have something very sentimental to Walt and Roy. One of the windows is Elias Disney. And the window says, Contractor, established 1895. It's a tribute to... Walton Roy's father, of course, Elias. It says contractor because growing up, Walton Roy saw their father have many, many different jobs. And if you read on it and things like that, you'll notice a theme of they weren't very successful. So it was something that they wanted to give as a tribute to their father because of the trying, 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 and let them let the people know how important their father obviously was to their spirit and driving to create Walt Disney World. So those are just a few examples, and we'll touch on a lot of these as we go along. It's very important to me to be able to share what I know or what I've read or what I've researched on the history of Disney World because it's one of my favorite subjects, and I'm very passionate about it because I love Disney World. If you haven't guessed that by now, then maybe I haven't done my job through these first six episodes. I wanted to take a look at, again, just one of the simpler windows. And I say simple, meaning I could go to Walt or Roy O or Roy E and just dive into it and, you know, go, 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 go with information. But I wanted to make sure that I acknowledged a lot of these other people and their impact and their contribution to Disney World itself. So that's what I wanted to do, and that's what I'll do on a lot of these mini-episodes as we take just a Walt in the park. I had to put the emphasis on Walt so I could convey what the topic was going to be about. You look at it and you understand, or hopefully you'll understand, 
the importance that each and every name on these windows had with the Walt Disney Company and had on some aspect of Disney World or the Disney Company. And we're going to start out this first mini-sode of the Main Street windows with William E. Joe Potter, better known as General Joe Potter. Now, most of the information that I'm going to give you is coming from a couple different sites that I will note in the show notes. And for today's window, for General Potter, I will be reading from the d23.com website and also from the theworldofwalt.com. Both sites, so much info that you can gather around Walt and the company. So with General William E. Joe Potter, he was an engineering and logistical planning genius, which is why Walt recruited the retired United States Army Major General to oversee the early construction of Walt Disney World in Florida. He already had established himself in the Army Corps, which we'll talk about in a minute. But like Walt did, he saw somebody that he knew could bring a whole different point of view to what he was trying to accomplish. In this role, Joe ably guided the Herculean task of transforming 300 acres of Florida, swampland basically, into the Magic Kingdom. And one of the big things that was important to him, and of course to Walt, and of course to Florida itself, was they were able to do that, but also maintaining the ecology and the beauty of the area. And, and you know that if you've been down there, it's still beautiful. Once you enter through the big redone recently gates or entrances, I should say, that, that have been repainted that say Walt Disney World, and you see that, and you just know when you look around, and as you're driving, you're passing trees, you're passing water, you know, man, there's four parts tons of hotels but this still is a beautiful just landscape to see so let's dive into the early days of general potter so general potter was born in oshkosh wisconsin on july 17 1905 he graduated from the united states military academy at west point the massachusetts institute of technology also known as mit and the national war college in washington dc during World War II, he directed logistical planning for the invasion of northern France, an operation nicknamed Red Ball Express. After the war, he served in Washington, D.C. as Assistant Chief of Engineers for Civil Works and Special Products. But it didn't stop there. He was already a known commodity in the military. So in 1956, President Dwight D. Eisenhower appointed Joe to serve as governor of the Panama Canal Zone. In that role, he was responsible for, listen to this, governing a community of over 40,000 people. And not just governing the community, he was in charge of services including education, military, public health, medical care, fire, and police protection, as well as the Postal Service. At the end of his tenure as governor, and after 38 years with the United States Army, Joe retired in 1960. In his long career, he was decorated with the Distinguished Service Medal, the Legion of Merit, the Bronze Star, and the Croix de Guerre. 
you would think, hey, you retire, time to relax and do some of your own things, hobbies, adventures, things like that. But soon after his retirement, he became executive vice president of the 1964-65 New York World's Fair, charged with construction of the federal and state attractions. So these included 26 state pavilions and the $17 million United States Pavilion. The New York World's Fair is where General Potter met Walt Disney for the first time. And joining the company in 1965 as its vice president of Florida planning. And that role, now this is where Joe's contribution really, really, really starts to become that much more important. Florida planning. So he was there at the beginning with laying out everything and helping to establish the backbone of what would become Magic Kingdom and inevitably more and more of Disney World. So as the vice president of Florida planning, Joe oversaw construction of the park's entire infrastructure. This included underground utilities and sewer, power, and water treatment plants that were considered revolutionary at the time. Now, one of the things I find really, really cool when you actually just step back and think about it and really, really overwhelming, he also developed drainage canals for the entire property, which were known as Joe's Ditches. At the time of his second retirement in 1974, General Potter was serving as vice president for Epcot Planning and Senior Vice President of Walt Disney World Company. So he rose all the way to Senior Vice President of Walt Disney World Company. In that role, he was responsible for construction, operation, and administration of the entire Florida project. He also served as President of the Board of Supervisors for the Reedy Creek Improvement District, which was formed by the Florida Legislature to provide the public services necessary for the tourist and residential population at Walt Disney World. To many... Joe was known as Mr. Disney because of his liaison work between the park and surrounding community during the 60s and 70s. Joe Potter passed away on December 5th, 1988 in Orlando, Florida. And as part of the tributes, one of the ferries that transports guests across the Seven Seas Lagoon to the Magic Kingdom was later rechristened the General Joe Potter in his honor. And I've been on that ferry, and I remember asking my dad who that was and he had a basic idea of it and so that was why i wanted to pick general potter as the first main street window to talk about in this minisode and also because he was the first employee of disney world in florida basically he was in charge with the very very beginning Former president of Walt Disney Attractions, Dick Nunes, said in 1988, Joe was a man Walt Disney was very fond of. Without Joe Potter, there would be no Walt Disney World today. You look at, again, the impact of these names on these windows, and you realize, in this case, just how important General Potter was to Disney World. And as we're talking about his window in Main Street, you can find it above the Main Street Confectionery. And the window reads, General Joe's Building Permits, licensed in Florida. General Joe Potter, Raconteur. So again, 
like we talked about earlier in the episode, these will tie in to their role in Disney lore. In this case, General Joe's building permits licensed in Florida. There you go. General Joe, his name, building permits. He was the guy in basically building the Magic Kingdom from the ground up. We will continue to bring you these minisodes throughout our time with you on Rudy's Roundup. And like I said earlier, pay attention to the Facebook page because there have been quite a few more video updates from Jen Stuff and her family, our intrepid reporter on the scene. She's been great, and I can't thank her enough for doing these for me and for all you guys that listen. And finally, two side bits of information that are being remembered at this time as we record this. December 15th, 1966 was the day Walt Disney passed away. And I remember reading on Facebook, you know, all these tributes and things to him and, and, and very well, well put and well stated. And you look at the importance of, Walt Disney and what he created had for so many people, all these memories, all these images of happiness and Disney World and Disneyland and movies and things like that. And I just wanted to take the time to express my gratitude to Walt, the family, the Disney company, for all the memories they've already brought me. I'm 41 years old and I've made so many memories when dealing with Disney World, whether it's been with growing up watching Robin Hood with my mom and dad, whether it's collecting Snow White stuff over the years, because I loved the historical aspect of being the first full-length animated movie, or sharing memories with my daughter, taking her to see Winnie the Pooh as her first movie in theaters, and just so many memories in between. All the trips, all the standing in lines, all the looking around, all the hotels, all the fun, all the times thinking this really is a place where happiness just comes and comes and comes. And for a brief amount of time, the outside world doesn't exist for me. And now to the memories of being a Disney Vacation Club member and having my first stay at the Riviera earlier this year with my wife and looking forward to so many more stays and having friends there now. Thank you, Walt. Thank you to the Disney company for all these things. And secondly, I mentioned the Riviera. And as I mentioned, I and my wife had our first stay at Disney's Riviera Resort earlier this year in October. And on December 16th, it celebrated its one-year anniversary of opening and what a resort it is how blessed we were to be able to be there to be able to just be treated so well by so many people i can't thank the staff at the riviera enough and i look forward to so many more trips at that beautiful hotel so that will do it for episode seven of rudy's roundup thank you again all for your listening i hope you have a happy holidays coming up we'll be back next week with a holiday episode kind of retapping the news from our reporters on the scene and just giving small 
bits of information, small videos or comments from Jen Stuff and her family, and hopefully a chat with them regarding Christmas at Disney World. So if you have questions, like I said, email us at rudysroundup at gmail.com. Comment on the Facebook page, which is Rudy's Roundup. You can get us at Twitter. We are at Rudy's Roundup or on Instagram at Rudy's Roundup. Thank you again. Happy holidays. And we'll see you real soon. Thank you.